Lockdown has affected all of us. The entire world came to a halt. Spring and summer merged into one as we settled into our new reality. Lockdown has also impacted our love lives. Dating apps became one way to connect with people during isolation. On 29th of March, Tinder users made 3 billion swipes worldwide, the most the app has ever recorded in a single day. In this episode debut, I'll be chatting to a hopeful singleton who has used dating apps to help with their anxiety, couples who have began dating while in isolation, and a member of the LGBTQ community about their top tips to dating in lockdown. This is Lockdown Love. With nothing to do other than melting into the couch, it's not surprising that many single people turn to apps like Tinder or Bumble for some company. Hello, hello, hello. There you are. Brilliant. There's me. I forgot to put my mic up because I'm very silly. Okay. Ryan's been using dating apps for a while, with lockdown for him being a secret blessing in disguise. Are you ready for some questions? Yes, right. So let's sort this out. Let me get, um, get comfy. headphones so I don't have to hold the phone, which is what I'm doing now, or put it on speaker because people might hear what we're talking about. Uh, <gasps> no, <we can't> <laughs> I get embarrassed about everything I talk about on these calls. I don't want anyone to know. I'm just very coy. Let's get started. How did you feel about kind of dating when we got put into lockdown? Well, I thought that not a lot of it would be going on uh, at first. But I, I'm someone that, that does it uh, a lot in terms of the apps and things. And I've had a lot of experience with the apps. And I've been using that uh, before lockdown. When lockdown happened, I thought, well, what's the point in me using this now? Because you can't go and actually meet the people. So I stopped using it for a little while. But then I sort of saw the the other side of it, really. And I thought, well, actually, it's just a way to talk to people. And while we're stuck inside and not meeting new people, I can do it virtually. It's virtual connections that we can make while we're all stuck inside. Yeah. Initially, when lockdown happened, I sort of tapered off. And I, and I thought, well, what's the point? But then as I got more and more bored and isolated, uh, I thought, Actually, right, let's go back to this and start talking to people. And I found that a lot of people had the same idea. They were all talking about being in the same boat, really, and wanting to meet people virtually. I did follow through with one person, and instead of actually meeting them, of course, we did video chats and uh, used the app House Party and played games and quizzes. That's um, pretty fun, House Party. Yes. So... Yeah, rather than actually going and meeting them, we did that. That wasn't a successful endeavour in that <laughs> particular case. But, you know, it was an experience. Initially, with the full-on lockdown, it wasn't as good because in these situations, when you drag out the conversations too long, it just dissipates and it becomes boring. And generally, the rule of thumb with these things is you've got to meet pretty quickly to keep the flame alive, as it were. Mm. Um, and so... In that sense, I thought, well, this isn't going to be very helpful. 
But as lockdown was eased and where we could actually go out and meet people distanced, I'd prefer that in that as someone who's had difficulty with anxiety and things, I'd much rather meet someone like that. Simple walk in a park mm. for the first meeting is much easier than uh, you know going to some sort of venue. And, and you couldn't do that because they were all closed. And so in the past where I've suggested just a first meet, which would be a walk in a park or something like that. Some wouldn't like the idea of that. They think, oh, well, that's boring. You know, I want to go and get drunk or, you know. <laughs> and so there's there's been that difference. But now everybody wants to do it the way that I like to do it, the easy way, <laughs> the nice, non-threatening way of, of going to meet someone. And so in that sense, it's worked in my favour, I think. Oh, that's good. You know, Boris Johnson saying single households can now meet. You know, I remember The Sun tried to give a really funny tabloid headline of saying singletons can now basically go and hook up with each other now. How does that make you feel now how people can basically go and hook up with people now? Do you think that's something that you'd want to try and invest in? Uh, well... Uh, as I say, I, I do come from a, a different angle where, well, not a different angle, my angle with these things is more of getting to know the person, etc., etc. Mm. Et but that has, you know, come up from time to time where there have been people who have, you know, offered certain things and proposed certain things that aren't based around the getting to know each other. And if that was to happen, then, yeah, it would just feel more normal now and acceptable whereas before it felt like it wasn't possible. But now it feels like, yeah, you could go and do that. I guess I might feel a little apprehensive because we've all been so used to literally distancing. Mm-hmm. In, when we're with people and we're friends, when we're out with people who aren't part of our household, we don't even touch them, you know, yeah. on the shoulder. So to actually, you know, go all that way uh, <laughs> with them, they're probably a little, a little apprehension, I guess. And I guess some people would probably be quite apprehensive and maybe even hesitant to do it. Yeah. But, you know, it would be a small amount of apprehension and, and then I'd get over it. Um. <laughs> First question, how did you guys meet? Gender. <laughs> Despite being stuck at home, all of us have found different ways to connect with each other. A fifth of single Brits who had an active love life before lockdown are spending more time on dating apps. It was weird. Like, um, nothing, uh, like you could meet up and stuff, but then it was like, oh, we've got to stay two metres apart. So then you don't get any like physical connection or anything. Ella and Tino have been casually dating over lockdown. Um, it was different. Like I'd say it was good and bad, but then like good in the sense that like you get to know someone properly and it's not just like anything physical or whatever. Um, and obviously bad because like being physical is part of like I don't know. I guess getting to know someone. I guess definitely. Like in the later stages of like after meeting and stuff. So it was good and bad. I'd say. It's weird, like, the natural thing is to just walk up and, like, give them a hug. And then you just sort of like, hi, right, let's walk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit weird at first, I'd say. Did you guys find that a little bit, like, difficult at first? Um, I'd say, yeah. It was like, I think it's just because you can't do, like, traditional dates and stuff. Mm. I think, like, we would probably go to a bar and, like, go for a few drinks or go for a meal or whatever. 
Whereas literally we're like, right, let's have a picnic in the park because (laughs) we can't do that and let's stay still like two metres apart. So it was like, I don't know, it just meant that you had to put sort of more effort into the dates, I guess. Yeah, it was really difficult because I think the more that we spoke, the more we developed feelings for each other. And then obviously Mm. once you've started to, to develop those feelings, all you want to do is see that person, like hug them, give them a kiss. It then turns into a kind of more like tactile thing. This is Vicky. She bagged herself a boyfriend over lockdown. There have been plenty of challenges, but she's loved every minute with Matt. We matched on Tinder and then about a week after we matched he messaged me because he got angry that i hadn't messaged him (laughs) and then it just went from there we'd arranged to meet the day after we got locked down and we sat and we're like oh what's the possibility what's the betting that we'll probably get locked down tonight and then we won't be able to see each other tomorrow and then it happened Um, thanks so we'd been speaking for like a month before we got put into lockdown and then because we couldn't see each other we were like okay let's start facetiming and then we started facetiming every other day it's been a very very strange experience um but i feel like it's one that if you can get through this you can sort of get through anything like if mm. we can start a relationship without even meeting each other like don't get me wrong it sounds like in a normal world if you went i'm in a relationship with someone i haven't met it's like you what yeah <laughs> But I think for us, we basically, we knew everything about each other that you could have known having seen each other. We just hadn't physically mm. seen each other in the flesh. You know, like we spoke so often that, yeah, it just kind of, it, became, it started to feel like normal. It was difficult in the sense that we're obviously limited to what we could do, but then it was also good because like you could sort of be creative with what you can do or what you, what op- whatever options you have available. So it was yeah. a good in that sense. I like that. You've got to think outside the box. I'm here for that. How did it feel when you like met up properly for the first time? For me, it was just sort of like, oh yeah, like we just sort of clicked. It just felt natural. It was like we were chatting. I think how long were we there for? Like three hours or something. Yeah. I mean, when we first met, it was a video call, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, it was a video call. And then literally, that like, I remember my family were like. You're still on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still chatting. I'd say it was good because we, we, we realised it wasn't like a catfish situation. So I remember we spoke yeah. about that. <laughs> and then when I saw him in person, I was like, thank God. <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> You're trying to carry out like a kind of romantic relationship where you can't even go anywhere near each other. Yeah. So I think we found it really, really hard at first with the whole um, crossing over from a friendship basis to like a relationship basis, because obviously we had like romantic feelings towards each other. But when you can't actually do anything about it, it's like, you know, do we know whether we're actually properly attracted to each other? And do you know what I mean? It's it's very, it's very weird. um, And it was very strange, but it was really, really lovely at the same time. We just spoke for hours and we went for a walk and it was just yeah it was really really lovely do you guys feel like you've made a more of a deeper connection as you were unable to have like say that like physical contact at first like say everything had to be done with say video chat or like messaging and even like say meeting up so you couldn't be like physical like straight away so do you feel like you developed a deeper connection because of that yeah we definitely have the fact that we couldn't see each other in the first place even meant that we could form a deeper connection because as you say there's nothing else to do but to get to know each other yeah once you know someone on a certain level it's 
it's just I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, no, I do think that we, I do think that we formed a deeper connection because it's like we probably got to know more about each other in the two months of strict lockdown than most couples probably do in about six months of a normal relationship. I think because you like talk about things a lot more. I don't know. I think so. Like we had like deep chats, like even on the first time that we like. Yeah, exactly. Because with Tinder, a lot of people tend to like just get it and then hope to like know, hook up with someone or sleep with someone. Mm. Like that's it. So I guess it sort of helps that we couldn't like just jump to that stage. Um, in the initial stages, we had to like sort of get to know each other and stuff, which is good. Yeah, you know, like the intention is right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so nice. This new reality of online dating, along with the decline in hookup culture, can be daunting. Some guidance on how to survive can be very helpful. The Clever Queer turned to YouTube and created a survival guide for dating in lockdown. I chatted with him about his own experiences, and I wanted to see if members of the LGBTQ community had struggled with lockdown and dating. Hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm just too warm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a heat person, and it sucks because the UK is not used to this horrific heat, and I'm definitely not used to it. I'm. I'm sunburned, so I'm definitely not used to it. Oh boy. Oh, yeah, bad. I was in the UK for um, a few months, but it was winter, so I haven't experienced the miserable summers. If I could risk immediately offending you, <laughs> I'll do it. Offend me. It's it's the best pastime. For those listening at home, um, I see uh, a Libra and a Scorpio hanging above your head. Now, I know nothing about the Zodiac. I actually know zero about the Zodiac, but I'm endlessly fascinated with people who are into it. I recently heard about a 13 sign Zodiac that- No, 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 I disagree. It's not happening. Got the Scorpio traits, I'm not having it. Mm Mm-mm. I don't take it. The thing is, I'm not that massive into it. I just thought they were nice for my wall. <laughs> I have a scorpion on my ass. Right? <laughs> you're, you're committed. <laughs> Dating during the pandemic has been... Um, the, there have been attempts. It's been pretty much non-existent. I won't blame the pandemic. Dating for indi- every individual is obviously different among every dating app, among every sexuality, among every city, and even down to the zip code. Like, so it's, it's all variable. And, of course, the time of year and the rate of employment and whether or not there's a pandemic in season. So uh, the, the, there is sort of like a smaller pool of people right now, I think. I mean, I think that people are suffering from loneliness and like swiping away on tinder you get your likes you probably a lot of people never even look at the people they match with they just want to see who they match with Mm -hmm. um and so i've and so i've engaged in that like i'm just as guilty of that as anyone else swiping 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 never checking i'm i guess it might be sort of a narcissism to assume that as i do everyone else does but i sort of try to extend the same logic to like in first grade you raise your hand if you have a question and then you're like i'm sorry i have a stupid question and then the teacher tells you no if you have the question other people also probably have the question i try to assume the same about my behaviors if if i'm acting this way i'm probably not the only one acting this way i'm not so exceptional that like this is unique behavior i had a boyfriend 
we broke up halfway through the pandemic. It was he was a lovely boyfriend. I liked him a lot. I talk about him in my first video a little bit. I do um, remember that, and I was like, yeah, oh. yeah. And it's hard to tell whether the pandemic extended or shortened the lifespan of the relationship because it kind of puts everything on pause, at least for some people. And so because of that, you get into this kind of holding pattern and then you're just waiting, you know, waiting to see, okay, well, what's going to happen when we unpause? Maybe that actually added things to it, but also I think as everyone's figured out by now, it adds pressure, right? It's mm. because you're stuck with each other and there's nothing you can do. So, and it doesn't feel like anything is happening to you. Like it, it only feels like you are happening to each other, you know? the fights that break out and all of that. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to blame it on anyone but yourselves. I watched my boyfriend make himself absolutely fucking miserable. Can I curse? Yes. Oh, this is, say, this isn't, this is going online. You can curse however much the fuck you want. Shit. Great. Uh, shit. Tit. Arse. <laughs> oh, the way you say ask, say one more time. Arse. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we broke up, and long story short, I went. I'm. I am now a single, and uh, the large part of my dating experience, which probably differs from the straights, is most of it is hookups, not dates. I love that uh, difference from the straights. The 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 breeders, you know, it's okay. We won't. That's my favorite. Thing. The we hold it against them. No one's perfect. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the heteros, they don't, they don't uh, get jiggy with it quite as much as the gay men because we can order sex like a pizza. And so, yes, I have been having sex with strangers during this pandemic. And there are people, people who are also my friends who would just immediately balk at that. You know, they'd, they'd be like, oh, you're so irresponsible. And it's like, homie, I'm going to go back to my house after this and not see any of you fuckers <laughs> few weeks at least right because all my friends are understandably quarantining they have vulnerable parents or vulnerable friends you know people who are um autoimmune compromised but i'm a consenting adult my hookup partner is a consenting adult i can't be responsible for their abuela you know like they're they're gonna have to choose to quarantine and keep their abuela safe but I'm, I'm not going to take the weight of the world off my shoulders when sex is such a fun pastime for me. <laughs> yeah, you asked me about my dating during the pandemic, and I've told you about my boyfriend, and I've told you about my anonymous encounters. But as for dates, there have been two. Just because dating has been, like, not that great for me during the pandemic, mm -hmm. my whole point is it doesn't mean that dating can't happen. I've been kind of half-assed about it, you know, because... I can't be arsed. So, <laughs> so with date one, we went out to dinner. It was nice. I remember zero of the conversation. It was very boring. As half of, I think it was a hinge date, as half of hinge dates go. I don't even remember his name. And the other one was incidentally someone I met off Grinder, which as I mentioned in my first and so far only video, Grinder dates are always a bad idea. But hey, you meet a cute guy. He says, hey, I'm actually interested in dating. And you say, okay, cute guy. And you're on Grindr looking for a hookup. If you're on Grindr, you're looking for a hookup. But then he messages you and he says, actually, I'm more interested in dates. And you say, okay. And you have to be open-minded, right? You can't be the person who 
said no because you saw their face on Grinder instead of Tinder. They're cute and they say, um, and you chat a little bit and you seem to get along and have a good sense and have the same sense of humor. Okay, what do you want to do for a date? Sure, I'm not going to be the asshole that says no. Well, we set the date. He stips me. The date was actually, it was like the easiest date ever. It was for him to come over. It was probably going to be a hookup, let's be real. But it was for him to come over and we were going to have a movie night. I'm normally not even that into like Netflix and chill. If it's a meaningless hookup, let it be a meaningless hookup, you know? But if it's a date, let it be a date. This foot half in, foot half out thing, I'm not into that. But it's the pandemic and I was like, okay, let's make a concession. Sure, come over. The setup was as easy as possible. Here's the date. Here's the time. Um, what what kind of booze do you like, I ask. And he says, oh, I like this. And so I get some gin, which now I have gin. So, you know, it all evens out. Yeah. Um, you get a feeling sometimes, like a sixth sense, right? That, yeah. They, yeah. You, you know when you text them the day before and then they don't respond. It's like... From that point on, you've already kind of accepted it. Or let's let's prepare other plans tonight. Like, just another movie to watch. It's a contingency. A contingency, yeah. So, I text him. I wonder if I could find this, actually. Because the the grinder conversation would be too difficult to find. But I bet I could find the texts. Um, Gin. We discussed gin. We discussed... What else did we discuss? At risk of this being boring, I will read you the text conversation, and then if it sucks, you can just edit it out. I get to hear grueling tea, and that's either going to be put out for everyone, or I'm just going to be happy listening to it anyway, so yeah. it's a win-win. I'm excited. Perfect. Okay, and this is, this is a demonstration, if you will, of how promising a person can seem, how interested they can seem, and then how they can just... I mean, I'm hoping for the best, you know? I'm hoping he was, like, mortally injured or something. You know, maybe he's a nice guy, and we can all only hope that he's dead. So, here is the text. I say, hi, Keith, this is the Clever Queer from Grindr. It's my day-to-day name. He says, hi, TCQ, thanks for texting. I say, I'm flexible for a date. I'm really easy. What's even open that we could do? I would also definitely be down for wine and a board game. We had discussed our enjoyment of board games. That seems like a fun date, right? That's it. He was gonna bring. He was gonna bring the board game. I want to go on this date with wine mm-hmm. and board game. Can we but, go on a date? But obviously, a friend date of wine and board games, please. <laughs> a little too far away. But if you're ever in LA, please let me know. I'll, I'll, when I when I hop it, when I hop down, I'll let you know. When I hop on my jet, over the pond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's already kind of a red flag here, right? No, not a red flag. We're both engaging in something which we shouldn't be, which is playing house, right? Yeah. Board game is a sign of, I think, and nev- never mind coming over and having a glass of wine. It's a sign of familiarity that hasn't been earned. So I was taking the easy shortcut, right? I could have put up the barrier that I think is often put upon women in straight relationships of hold on I'm not going to kiss you till the third date you know like you put up all these walls as like tests also when you don't do them you get shit like this you get this fake familiarity you know who's to say I'm even going to enjoy conversation with this guy and now I'm going to be stuck in a game of monopoly with him Uh, I was willing to roll the dice so to speak right (laughs) okay 
I'd be down for a board game. He says, I don't know what's open, but I wouldn't be opposed to a cuddle, a board game, and a date. I didn't address the cuddle. The cuddle's ignored. (laughs) Either he legitimately just means snogging, which is boring to me with someone I don't know, or he means a hookup, which then, like I said, foot half in, foot half out. I wouldn't be opposed to a cuddle, a board game date. Do you live alone? At At the time I did, I had no roommate. Roommate hadn't moved in yet. Oh, nice. Maybe I can come over before they move in. I could keep you company. Smiley face. I would like that. Smiley face. How's your tomorrow? And he says, I can make it work, blah, 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 blah. Oh, uh, Friday, Friday would be better. And I say, okay, let's do it. And he says, great, it's a date. I tell him where I live. He's like, great. I work and live near there. I'm like, oh, not far at all. He's like, great. Okay. And then I, and then I make it official. You know, I put out the really nice, I'm really looking forward to it. You surprise me with a game and I'll surprise you with the booze. And then he was telling me he's not great with wine or whiskey. He's like, I'm an awful gay guy. I'm just a nerd. And I told him it's okay. I'm also a terrible gay. I know nothing of fashion or Gaga. And my friends keep telling me my room is ugly. (laughs) This is nice. We're bonding. We're bonding over. Recovering heteros, right? Beautiful. Oh, I'm just, oh, I'm vibing. I'm on this vibe. I'm on this wave. I'm so Mm -hmm. happy to be on this wave. Here's where I ruin your immersion. There is no wave. There never was. This conversation is fake as shit, as proven by the fact that there's no result. I think we all have to get used to that idea that, like, you have to not get your hopes up, but you have to invest. Yeah. It's like the thing of, if you don't ask, you don't get if you don't like dip your toe in the water or whatever you're not gonna you're not gonna find anything you know i thought like my dad says yeah. this, this analogy to me in about 50 different phrases but it it's still the same point if you don't try you're not gonna get anywhere it's been more difficult for members of the LGBTQIA etc plus community it's a beautiful big community I love it do you think it's been more difficult for you know our members in terms of dating during lockdown what do you think hmm well I think if I had to give an answer I'm I'd say possibly and I only say possibly mainly from experiences with my friends so i got other people in the in the community like one of my very close friends he's proudly gay you know loves gaga and all he's a proper proper he's a big proper one of he's a proper gay (laughs) dom if you listen to this i love you um (laughs) but he's we say he's fabulous like he's said he's told me about he sometimes had struggles about kind of dating during lockdown i remember you said earlier how let's say it seems to be within the gay community there's more hookup culture rather than dating culture and obviously that's been a bit difficult to happen because no one's no one's really been allowed to go anywhere and i know unless you're very sneaky that's got kind of slowed down so maybe I'm saying, would you think people could find it more difficult of, oh, wow, now I actually have to 
to have a conversation. I can't just come around and we have fun. And in that way, you could argue that maybe the pandemic has been good for some LGBT people. Yeah. Respection. I doubt it. Um, I, uh, I put this. There are probably some people who are taking the opportunity to use the um, pandemic as a chance for self-reflection and introspective introspection, non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot more people, and this is one thing that I made sure to go over in my first video, even though it seemed completely unrelated, is our unending ability to push it off on the things around us. Like, we can acknowledge that it's bad. We can acknowledge that it's horrible. But there's going to be an us 10, 20, 30 years down the line, you know? But this moment has been given such grave importance that I fear that a lot of people, especially LGBT people who, like we said, like I said, we've been conditioned to be emotionally fat since childhood because we were kind of neglected in the system and left to find our own ways. Yeah. And now it's time to maybe get a little healthier, like go on a diet, reach whatever our goal weight is. It's time to reach it on our own. And we've been given none of the tools to handle it. And we haven't been taught to make our own tools. Now there's a chance for us to be like, oh, maybe I'm the asshole. But I don't think a lot of people will do that. And, and I, I'm very interested in talking to those people because I don't think that they're bad people. I don't judge them. I am them, you know? Yeah. I am guilty of the same thing. I'm guilty of all of these sort of unhealthy thought processes that I'm talking about. But I feel like I've seen both sides of them, which is what makes me feel equipped to talk about. I want to talk to the people who are stuck in this holding pattern who don't think that there's a problem and are wondering why bad things keep happening to them. This is not the last big thing that's going to happen. It's probably not the biggest thing that's going to happen. No. I mean, climate catastrophe is right around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not going to manifest itself as like the movie the day after tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to manifest itself as like food shortages and higher taxes and economic dis- things that are going to maintain plausible deniability about um, climate catastrophe. But yeah. regardless, the world is n- not done with its disasters, not by a long stretch. Definitely. I think it's harder for us, yeah, because I think, but not in the way that like, oh, woe is us, you know, we've been disadvantaged. I think it's harder for us because we made, we, we made our own bed without realizing it, and now we've got to lie in it, you know? And we've got to change the, the piss-covered sheets. I like that analogy, <laughs> to change the piss-covered sheets. I'm like, oh, that's, that's powerful. I'll take that. It, no one likes doing the laundry, let alone smelling all the urine. But oh, are no. you sleeping in it and rolling around in it no you shouldn't be that's very dirty <laughs> i mean hey if you're into that you know true true let those i'll let those people happily roll around in their pissed stain sheets that's fine <laughs> not to be too kink shamey but no that's sanitary <laughs> <laughs> not to be too kink shamey but if that's not my scene i'd rather be a bit more hygienic in the least offensive yeah 100% possible it's like just don't want to dig myself more of a hole (laughs) what inspired you to make this video um I uh was unemployed simple (laughs) direct I was 
but I was very, I was very excited about it. And you know, I've, I've got a lot more that are coming out. My brain is constantly exploding with ideas. Everyone thinks I'm ADHD. I've been to the doctor. I've asked. I'm not. But for all intents and purposes, I'm constantly bouncing off the walls with ideas that are not manifesting. You know, mm. I, I come up with ideas, pointless, stupid ideas that'll never come to fruition. Like, oh, they should invent this, um, which I'm sure everyone does. But like, it's really just nonstop for me. Like, my brain is going, 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 mm. um, and I need an outlet. I need an outlet. So this was just as much a selfish choice as anything else. You know, the other thing is I like affecting positive change in a local, intimate way. Yeah. I, like, probably a year ago, I was going out of my mind, because you, you, when you're in entertainment and you're freelance, sometimes you have long periods of unemployment, like a few weeks or maybe a month if you're really unlucky, and you have to be alone with yourself during that time. And then you have to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? You know? Like, I, most people enjoy their weekends and their vacations. If I can't enjoy time with myself, if I can't find things to keep me occupied and happy, I was worried. Like, I would say things to myself, like, I have no hobbies. Like, do I even have a personality? And a big, a big part of that is you just get out and you do. You just decide to do. And I realized, okay, well, I'm not enjoying myself at home watching, like, the thousandth movie in a row. Yeah. Maybe I'll enjoy helping someone else. So like a year, year and a half ago, I started volunteering at my local food pantry. And it's been great. I try to average once a week. Which means if I'm working on a film for four straight weeks or five straight weeks, I'll try to just go five days in a row after that. And it's really nice to go be among people who want to help. Especially now in these times where everyone's yelling about the president and politics and going to protests, and good for you, you know, for all the people who are going to protests, you know, if that's, that's something you want to do. You know, for just as many times as it helps, there's times that it doesn't. You know, it's like a change.org petition. Again, that's not me disparaging the, pro- the, the protests in general. I think these protests more than ever are helping in America. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who feel frustrated by their lack of control, and you can gain back a huge sense of control by just doing something you can see, that you can physically touch. Yeah. Going to pantry and feeding a person in need and being among other people who want to feed people in need it makes you feel like oh right there are other people who care there are other people who want to do good right now like people can be helping their neighbor with their groceries you know that's not something i'm doing because i need to i'm i'm more exposed i could have the virus right now you know i don't need to be having one-on-one contact with elderly people why i wanted to start making videos you know in my time off as a fun thing is i want to have that one-on-one contact. I want to have an outlet and I want to be among like-minded people and sharing ideas and helping to some small degree, you know, not that I'm Mother Teresa, but I'm personally okay with the idea of doing better than zero. You know, I like the idea of being able to say I contributed a tiny bit more than I took. A lot of people strive for more good for them. You know, some people want to take us to Mars. And that's great that they've got such wonderful aspirations. I'm fine with just contributing a little bit. Yeah. And maybe I'll work my way up to wanting to contribute a lot. But it's been a huge confidence booster. It's been, um, it's been a great outlet, you know, just to, just to feel like I'm at least a little bit in motion. Yeah. Out of your um, 10 tips, which one is your favorite? 10 tips? The tips that you gave in your video like the things you told people to do, like the advice, what would you think is the best piece or your favorite piece of advice? Oh, well, I think I only give three. Well, like there was three sections, right? 
I think so, yeah. It's been a while oh. since I've watched it, I can't lie. Yeah, yeah, no worries. It's been a while, sorry. Was my favorite piece of advice in, in the video. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, oh, I mean, stay away from Grindr. Don't get your dates off Grindr. Unofficially, we'll say that's the answer. Officially, I feel like the advice that like I can't stop hammering home, like it's always going to be the thing I come back to, is this is my privileged white male ass saying this. That's a big part of why I say I'm just one guy with one opinion. But my favorite piece of advice is it's you. It's always you. It always has been. You know, I'm not saying that the, the asshole boyfriend is your fault or what he did to you is your fault. I'm not saying that the pandemic is your fault or that you getting rejected is your fault. But it is, it is you. Like, it's up to you to pick yourself back up. And the reason that I point out my privilege here is, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to not get beaten down with microaggressions and major aggressions every second of every day for, you know, being black or for being a chick or both or something else, yeah. you know, being black trans chick. And I recognize that if you take it upon yourself, take all that hardship upon yourself in a position like that, it leads to self-loathing and much far worse things. I know that that happens. So this is not me saying like to all the people of different gender identities and people of different races, like pick yourself up by your bootstraps. That's not what I'm saying. At the very least, I'm talking to the other cisgender white males, right? At least for you guys, you know, it's you. It's up to you to change. If the, the shitty stuff's not going away and you might be able to help it, but you mostly have to focus on who you can walk away from who you're going to choose to find if you are gravitating bad people in your orbit, whatever that means to you, you know, one's a coincidence, two's a pattern, three and beyond, like tell yourself, who am I choosing to meet? Who am I surrounding myself with? What energy am I putting out that's bringing these people into my life? Why am I being denied opportunity after opportunity after opportunity? You know, whether it's a relationship or something else or a friendship, um, again, if you're, if you're dealing with like race issues, it's, you're being gaslit and you're being made to think you're crazy. And I respect that. But if you're in my position, you don't have that as an excuse. You know, there's, there's nothing else. And the, the one thing I will say to people of different races and different gender identities for me is because I, I do have friends who are, you know, dealing with that is yes, I think you are put at a very strong disadvantage and I empathize, I empathize so deeply with the fact that you have to deal with that. But I think you have to unfortunately accept that on top of that, you also have the same shit to deal with as the rest of us. You also have the same weaknesses. And you've got to parse, you know, when you're being gaslit and when you're the asshole because you're just as capable of being the asshole as anyone. Definitely. That's my, it's maybe a little bit incendiary and like out of my lane for me to say that. But again, that's why my focus is at least on the people who have more in common with my life experience than me, you know, that at least I can speak with a little bit more authority about yeah. is like, you know, um, don't judge yourself for your bad patterns, but accept that you have them. This was more for me on a personal scale and because of my personal love for like animation stuff. Why did you choose to animate it? I have been and will be much more, spoiler warning, be talking about my sex life, among other things. Also, just the style of videos I watch. There's a channel called Innuendo Studios. 
which is fantastic for learning how to deal with the alt-right. It's basically just a how-to guide of staying sane while dealing with a world of people who are sharing very conservative, toxic ideas. I like that. And teaching you, actually, not to waste your time on them or how to deflect them. And it's all animated. It's, and, it, you know, I think animation makes everything a little bit more digestible. So it fit very mm-hmm. much with the tone of things I like and I think the kind of video I would want to watch. Yeah. Yeah, there's just more or less the privacy concern. You know, at the very least, even if my name ever gets tied to the channel, you know, because this is an animated guy, you, you can say it's more of a character. Yeah. So there's a little bit of plausible deniability distance between him and me. Boy, did I create a lot of work for myself. I think it's going to be great marketing-wise, you know, just in terms of getting people to want to click on the thumbnail because the colors pop. They do. It's a rainbow. You know, I couldn't have asked for a better theme. Exactly. <laughs> the colors automatically pop just because it's animated and 2D. So I think, like I said, for my lizard brain, it does a better job of holding my attention than just having to look at my stupid fucking face. Can I plug my channel real quick? Of course you can. I was going to ask that, actually, if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, for anyone listening, if you're interested in watching my videos, there's only one, but I promise there's going to be more. I'm on YouTube as The Clever Queer. Um, you'll soon, I think, be able to find me at youtube.com slash thecleverqueer once I hit 100 subscribers. <gasps> yeah. If you want to subscribe and make it so that I can have my own custom channel URL, then please subscribe now i know i know that obviously the channel is very small but i think if if you watch my video you see that i have very high hopes for where it can go because i'm serious about putting good shit into the world you know even if even if each video takes two or three months i want to put things out there that make people think and make them feel heard and uh yeah if any of this appeals to you find me at the clever queer i've watched your content and i feel that through the things you've made like everything you've just said about oh you want to make a difference you put so much effort in and you can see that and say you want to ask questions and all that so I remember sitting there and watching it and while I was watching it all I could think of was I need to talk to him I need to get I need to get more because I was so interested and I was like I want to get I want to get more of this I want to get this out because this this content is what is needed out there and I say I agree with you there's a gap in the market you know, it feels that specific place, that place is a home to so many people. You're putting all your effort in and you're making this beautiful piece of content that so many people can relate to. I think your, your work deserves to be put out there. People need to watch that. And that's my opinion of people need to watch your work. And that's what I'm hoping will maybe happen, say, through this podcast, people will God, that sounds—he sounds really interesting. I'm gonna go and watch his video. So that's my—that's my little hope. And I'm gonna say this now: fill my hope and dreams, and go and watch his video, and go and like it, and subscribe, like you say in 2012, YouTubers speak. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, go like, comment, and subscribe. And, they, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Good luck with the editing. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. And that's it for episode one. Yay. The debut is done. 
wiping sweat off my brow as we speak. I hope everyone enjoyed the wonderful stories that have been shared here today. I'm so excited to make more episodes and share more stories with you all. I've had so much fun chatting with some absolutely amazing people. You just gotta come back for more because that's where you're gonna find it. Join me next week where I dive into the dominatrix world and discover how they've been using Animal Crossing to keep up business. Sounds very saucy. Um, you can also follow me at Martha with Specs on all socials for more exclusive content. And until then, stay safe out there. Bye.